Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Zinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. So we are so happy to welcome Agent Larissa Mello-Piankowski. Larissa is a literary agent at Jill Grinberg Literary Management, the assistant publisher of Daughter Press, and a freelance editor and sensitivity reader. As a Latinx mixed-race bookworm, she's passionate about unvoiced stories, uplifting marginalized voices, and reading voraciously across genres, with a soft spot for YA, middle grade, literary fiction, narrative nonfiction, and books that stretch the boundaries of genre altogether. A Massachusetts native, she earned her BSW from Simmons College and her MA in Publishing and writing from Emerson College and can be found in her ceramic studio in her free time when she doesn't have a book in hand. Welcome, Larissa. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to talk to you guys and hear what everyone has to say. Yay! This is so exciting. (laughs) Thank you for coming out. Yeah, such a pleasure. So Larissa, why don't you tell us how you got started in publishing? Yeah, so I... I guess it all starts in fourth grade. I read The School Story by Andrew Clements, which is this really fabulous middle grade novel about these two best friends who end up, one of them writes a really great novel. Her mom's a book editor at like a big five house. And then um, her best friend pretends to be an agent. This is obviously sort of pre-internet, pre-being able to Google everybody. And her the daughter has like a pen name and everything. And she ends up getting her mom as an editor. And it's this very touching story about how this girl sort of cons her way <laughs> into being an underage author and getting published by this big five house and I remember reading it and just thinking to myself like I want to do what her mom does like she just gets to read and talk about books all day and so that was sort of the beginning of it I would say and then you know I obviously ended up wanting to be a thousand other things and actually majored in social work in college so then things kind of went in a different direction for a while and then I found my way back to books. Thank you so much, Larissa. That was really cool. I love the idea of a kid sneaking into publishing as well. Yeah, I would honestly love for that to happen to me. I would love a child to sneak on to being represented by me. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Larissa, t- tell us a little bit about like what what you're looking for right now. What is your dream manuscript in your inbox? Oh gosh. That's hard to say because I like so many things. And, you know, I have a lot of calls with editors sort of every day. And, you know, we like to talk about things that we're sort of like a hard pass on because there are so many things that we like. And um, it's really hard to say, you know, a definitive thing that we're looking for or a definitive thing we're not looking for, mostly because there's always that book that defies the expectations. You know, I could say that I'm not really into very deep sci-fi, but then I might get a really deep sci-fi novel with very emotional human relationships that I totally fall in love with and I'll want to take it on, you know. But in terms of, you know, the perfect thing, the things that I'm looking for, I'm always looking for really sharp, smart, funny, middle grade novels 
I, in particular, I'm always looking for underrepresented authors. That doesn't just mean authors of color. It, it means, you know, just a variety of diversity and intersectional identities. And, and just, I went into agenting specifically to eliminate at least one gatekeeper in an industry that hasn't traditionally been very diverse. And so being able to, to do that and being able to bring books to the table that may not have originally gotten there is is a big priority for me. So I'm looking for everything from, you know, children's picture books to middle grade to YA to narrative nonfiction, like everything that was in my bio I'm looking for all the time. Are you open to cookbooks and that kind of nonfiction as well? I am. I am open to cookbooks. I'm particularly looking for cookbooks featuring cuisines that are not super being talked about. You know, there's a lot of books on, I would say, comfort food right now. You know, there's a million Italian cookbooks, things like that. There's even, you know, a growing number of vegan cookbooks. But I would love to see a vegan cookbook that talks about making veganism more accessible, whether that's financially or just like recipe-wise or something like that. So yeah, just anything that hasn't really been done before, things that you know, have a strong voice that are lyrical, that, you know, the writing is just sharp and sort of unforgettable. Yeah. I've tried to be a vegan several times and it's never worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I admire people who can make that happen, but I agree if someone could make it seem a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say sustainable, but, you know, something that's easier to keep going with, I would appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, full disclosure, I am also not a vegan. And that's because I don't think that I found the right recipes for me yet. So if somebody can convince me otherwise, you know, we can talk. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us about some of your projects that you're excited about? Yeah. So... I think one that I'm really, really excited about, um, I sold to HMH in the fall and it's called The Unfortunates. It's by J.K. Chuku, uh, C-H-U-K-W-U. And it's this phenomenal literary novel featuring a, it's written in the form of a college thesis and it features a young black woman at a top, you know, Ivy League level school. And she's struggling with her mental health. She's struggling with just so many things sort of piling onto her, struggling with fitting into this school, struggling with the microaggressions at the school. And she just writes this scathing thesis, um, sort of unraveling her year at this school and, and just sort of tearing it apart. And the book is just so smart and so genre bending and just unlike anything I had ever seen in my inbox. Um, And that's, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, yes, like this is exactly what I want. And we found a really great home for it. So I'm excited for that to, to, you know, continue going through the publishing process and um, yeah, eventually come out. Do you get to see parts of her thesis in the book? Yeah. So the whole book is basically meant to be her like thesis. So there's like little footnotes with like really snarky asides throughout the whole book. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I can't wait. Will you let us know when it's out so we can talk about it some more? That sounds really wonderful. Mm -hmm. Larissa, you know, for if you're listening at home to us, like it's such a pleasure to watch your face glow as you talk about the work. I mean, it's yeah. like you just lit up. And and I think 
I think that's something I just want to like acknowledge that it's just so amazing to see someone that truly loves books and words and how when they talk about it, their whole face changes and it's just amazing. So thanks for letting uh-huh. us see that. Today. <laughs> yeah, we're not um, just angry all day. <laughs> like, we're not just like, oh, reject, reject. I My know. friend said recently that I sound like I'm talking about a crash when I talk about a certain book I've got. So Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so tell us what you do when you're not working. You know, I would like to say that I read a lot, but honestly, since starting agenting, I read for fun much less than I used to, mostly because I read all day. Um, <laughs> but I actually do pottery. I am a ceramicist. Um, so that's my time away from a screen. That's my time away from my phone. It's my time away that nobody can reach me. <laughs> um, and I just get to make beautiful art, beautiful, functional things that people can keep in their homes. So oh my gosh, have yeah. you seen the great British ceramic show? I watch that when I'm trying oh. to like decompress. I love that show so oh, much. Oh my gosh. I, I, yeah, it, it's an amazing counterbalance to, you know, regular mm-hmm. life. So I'm very jealous. Yeah, it's honestly one of my favorite things. And then, yeah, other than that, I mean, pre-COVID, I would travel a lot. My ideal life is one where I'm, I get to spend like months out of the year in a different country and still do my job. So we'll see if that happens post-COVID. <laughs> Keep my fingers crossed. So, Did you make that beautiful mug we saw earlier? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I wish I did. I could lie and say I did, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. Larissa, how do I want to put this? What would you say is the advice you give writers more often, most often, or the advice you think is most important? Oh gosh, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, I guess the obvious one is to to keep if if you if you're trying to do genre writing, to be really familiar with genre conventions, be well versed in with books in that genre, and then. But that's sort of like a minor piece of advice, like. Not minor, it's important, but it's not the advice that I give the most often. I think the most often is just to remember that publishing is constantly shifting and that it's a very slow industry, honestly. So don't get discouraged if it takes months, years for you to find an agent, for an agent to even respond to you. Don't get discouraged if when you do sign with an agent that that process takes forever too to to get your book out on submission. And then when you actually, you know, sell your book, it then takes forever to sign a contract. And like all of publishing is just basically waiting a lifetime for the next step to happen. And yeah, I, I would just say, you know, to be patient with yourself, to be patient with other people and just know that the world is not against you. Writing is a very lonely thing and publishing is very collaborative. So I think once you sort of, you finish the book and you step outside of your laptop and you're trying to reach other people in publishing, that's I think when you have to sort of let your guard down a little bit and at least try to. And I know for some people it's harder than for others, but just trust that you will find community, that you will find people who are willing to fight for you and with you. Yeah, be, just be patient and don't be so hard on yourself or others. <laughs> <laughs> Very important, both. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have the impression that if they're just good enough, everything will happen instantly. And that's not true at all. No, not at all. And 
you know, even the most prolific of writers, they still have to wait forever, you know, for a certain book to sell, or they might have to wait forever for that contract to drop. And there's just so many things. And, and yeah, it's putting that pressure on yourself to, and on the industry and, 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 thinking that if it doesn't happen right away, then it's not going to happen at all. That's not an attitude that will serve you very well and will probably sort of wear you down faster than not. So just being patient. And, you know, once you're done with one book, work on another or keep yourself distracted while you're pitching agents, while you're, you know, out on submission, things like that. Did you also have the experience that 2020 just took longer? You know, I feel like everyone... Everyone I speak with, responses took longer, contracts took longer, deals took longer. And um, so, yeah, if you're not hearing back on things quickly, hopefully it'll pick up this year. But, um, you know, likely that was 2020 and not you if you were pitching last year. Yeah, 2020 was just wild. (laughs) And honestly, you know, it wasn't just authors having to be patient and sort of experience this lag. I think sometimes people think that like all of us in publishing are kind of, you know, like behind closed doors being like, haha, those poor authors are going to leave them <laughs> out to wait. <laughs> oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, it is terrible. And that's not the case at all. Like for, you know, you guys are waiting, we're waiting, agents are waiting constantly for everything. Editors are waiting. Like we, we all had a very slow uh, paid full year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so hopefully 21 is better. Um, on a happier note, Neto, would you like to ask your question? Sure. I would love to. Hi, Larissa. Hi, Thank Netta. you for being here tonight. Yeah, thank um, you for being here. So I, I had a few questions. I think one of my questions was, what are some of your favorite recent middle grade titles? Oh my gosh. Okay. I would say Ghost Squad by Clarabel Ortega is one. She's yes. amazing. <laughs> she is so, so amazing. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. From the Desk of Zoe Washington. That is one that I really, really loved as well. Gosh, let me think. I would say those are sort of the top two that I've been reading lately. I've been, so what I do is I will like read a middle grade novel, jump to a literary novel, jump to a memoir and just sort of like make the rounds like that. Um, but I would say those are the top two of late. Here's another one. So this is actually from someone in my writing group and she okay. is in a situation where um, she, an editor really likes her work and has mm-hmm. set her up to talk to an agent. Uh, but it's taken the agent a really long time to reply. And I'm wondering, and I know 2020 and the lag, she, none of us want to appear needy. It's like online dating. No one wants to seem like the desperate one. Right. So (laughs) um, what's that sweet spot of not looking desperate, still playing it cool, but being professional in following up with the agent and not making them feel stalked? Sure. So when you say, I guess it's important for me to ask, when you say it's been a really long time, about how long? Like like six weeks, eight weeks. Oh. Oh, so. (laughs) I know, I know it's not long to me, but yeah, world of. I know, I get it. I get it. And I get from the author's perspective that um, it's excruciating. The weight is excruciating. I say this with all the love in the world, but six to eight weeks she is probably still in the inbox somewhere unread. And I, and I say this because 
it's important for authors to know that we are not actually reading queries every single day, eight hours a day. We might be able to get through a small chunk and that's, you know, consider like we are able to get through 10 and each one of them is a 50 page submission. That's a hefty amount of reading right there and then. And then on top of that, you know, we're we're working with the authors that we already have and we're following up with editors, we're pitching editors. Like it's so many different jobs all in one. But to your friend, I would say six to eight weeks isn't too, too bad. I would say, you know, if she she or he or they have, haven't heard back at, you know, maybe, I would say maybe like 12 weeks, I would just, you know, circle back and just say something gentle, you know, just, hi, I know you must be incredibly busy. I just wanted, I was curious to know if you had gotten a chance to read my manuscript, you know, no worries. If not, happy to discuss whenever you have a moment. Something, you know, short, sweet, to the point. It's always nice to acknowledge that the agent is probably swamped because we always are. <laughs> and I and I get it. The author wants to hear back. That makes sense, especially when an editor is on the line. But um, an important thing to remember is also that the editor is also very busy and is not like waiting with bated breath, you know, for, for this author to get back. So they shouldn't feel as though there's that pressure. Yeah. But I know that's tough, especially if it's, um, you know, I, I don't know that it should be an exclusive submission without that request. So mm-hmm. I can see how there would be some tension there if this is, you know, the only person that they've sent their work to. And then they're not hearing back from that agent, but they don't want to bug that agent, but they also want to send it to other people. So I would generally say not to give someone an exclusive look unless they ask for it. Yeah. And I mean, unless, you know, the agent is under the impression that it's an exclusive submission. And I, I don't know how other agents would necessarily handle that, but um, I would never ask an author to, to make an exclusive submission to me in my capacity as an agent. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's necessarily right. So, you know, I would honestly encourage the author to also pitch elsewhere and let the, let agents know that an editor is interested because that's always helpful information to know. And the editor probably didn't put the author in touch with that agent because that's the agent that the editor wants them to work with. You know, it's just a matter of finding somebody who might be able to, to work with them. So mm-hmm. pitch widely. Yeah. So like, just kind of, I'm going to pick away at this a little bit. Cause I'm sure that people have questions. So you're in this situation, it's now seven weeks, right? And, and like an exclusive really, is it a standard a month? Is standard a month and a half? What it, when they say exclusive, how long does that really mean? To the agent or to the editor? To I'm sorry. Agent. So, so like you have this exclusive, but then you could be stuck somewhere for months. Like, yeah. Standard, like what is standard time where you don't feel bad or breaking the rules if you do start kind of branching out? Sure. Okay, I guess, and this is sort of just my personal opinion, if somebody were to submit to me exclusively, which I wouldn't encourage them to do, I told you, you know, my submissions are backed up. I would say maybe, you know, around the, like the 10 to 12 week mark, if you, if you haven't heard back if you haven't gotten like a full manuscript request, but honestly, maybe even before then, like, I don't, I don't really think that it's fair or right to, to have 
and exclusive with an agent because agents take forever. And unless the agent is prepared to, you know, get on the phone that week or in the next couple of weeks, like I don't, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to weigh your options. You want to find an agent who meshes well with you. So just because you submit exclusively doesn't mean that you're going to get along with that agent. doesn't mean that they're the best agent for you. So that's, that's my take on it. I, I actually sort of scratch what I said about the the 10 to 12 weeks. I would just say like, don't submit exclusively to agents. <laughs> I, think it's pretty, I think it's pretty rare that people ask for that these days, but if they do, it's usually about two weeks, I think. And I guess any longer than that just really doesn't seem fair. But another thing that's tough about it is that it's kind of like applying early decision to college. Like if they say yes, you don't have any other options. Right. So it's a lot of leverage for that agent. And I think one thing authors can do if they're in that position is to say, oh, I'd love to do that, but it's already on submission with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, just because then what are you going to do? Like they're not going to hopefully ask you to withdraw it from everybody else. And if they do, that's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sarah. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Larissa, for hopping on tonight after I'm sure a long day. I was just curious about, I know some agents ask for the first five pages. Others might ask for the first three chapters. I'm just curious from your experience, what do you find, what do you find you look for in like a first page that gets you wanting to read Mm. more versus like a first chapter? Are there different things you're looking for in like those lengths of submissions? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. I would say, I don't think that, uh, there's dramatically a dramatic difference between what I'm looking for in a first chapter versus a first page. I would say, you know, I notice if the first page or the first line even is sort of like typos everywhere. And honestly, I don't mind if your manuscript itself has typos. Nobody's perfect and it's fine. But, you know, first page you wanted to, it's probably the page that you looked at the most when you were editing and writing. (laughs) So you want it to look a little clean. It shows me that you, you know, you care and you're paying attention. But apart from that, I would say, I personally am always looking for a really strong voice. You know, by that first chapter, I should feel compelled to follow that character if it's a fiction book, um, that narrator, if it's nonfiction. I, I want to keep the page turning so that, that I'm I'm not the best person for sort of like a slow burn at the very beginning unless it's very intentionally done. How do you feel about starting in peak action? Honestly, intriguing sometimes. I like <laughs> if it's how well done. Devices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how it's done, I guess. I I, I like to keep my options open. Cool. <laughs> and sure. Thank you very much, Larissa. It's wonderful to hear from the agent side of the house. I sent a full manuscript to an agent seven months ago. Wow. After the query letter, after everything else, I have yet to hear back. I've tried to be very patient because of COVID, and I'm pretty much a hurry up and wait expert. My husband's active duty. Okay. Everything's hurry up and wait with the Army. (laughs) At what point do I nudge them? Sure. I have not sent them a single email since that full request. Wow, you are very patient. Let me. So the agent had asked for a full manuscript. Okay, you had you are well within your rights to to sort of nudge them and just say, you know, hey, have you gotten a chance to look at this? The same thing that I, you know, sort of the same email that I 
I told Jennifer earlier, but you are well within your rights to nudge them. That's, I would say that's excessive to make you wait when they ask for a full. So Tiffany. Uh, Yeah, I had a question about for free verse novels, like if somebody says they are interested in YA novels as an Mm -hmm. agent, does that mean also like free verse YA novels or does that put you in the category of poetry, which they might not actually be interested in? That's a good question. And and you're saying it's definitely free verse YA. Yes. Um fiction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would I would submit to them and see what they say. If they have anything in, you know, their manuscript wish list or their bio or anything, Twitter that says like no poetry, no nothing sort of out of genre like that, then I would maybe refrain. But unless they're sort of explicit about that, or if you notice that the agency itself doesn't represent poetry or doesn't do that, then I think you should be in the clear. And, and you know, some it's it's the sort of subgenre that I think some agents could be really into and mm-hmm. others might not be. And that's OK. Not every book is going to be for everyone. So, right. Yeah, I've tried to do some searching on Twitter for uh, agents that are interested in free verse, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a thing that people are like, yes, send me your free verse. Um, so, yeah, I can see how people wouldn't specifically ask for it, but might be open yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worst they can say is no, you know, so um, I think it's it, nobody's going to get mad at you for submitting something that, you know, isn't that clear if they're looking for it, for it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were writing just poetry, I think that'd be very different, but mm-hmm. I would consider it within YA. So I would say anyone yeah. who's open to YA is probably fair. Yeah. Okay, and if you, you see so the success of Clap When You Land, I mean, yeah. that's that's gone on to do really, really well. And that's in verse. Um, so you can always kind of reverse engineer a book that did well and see who that agent is and um, look that way as well. Yeah. I've been trying to do that. I've pulled them all out of the library. I'm like, who is yeah. your agent? And, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I was going to say, yeah. you know, uh, Elizabeth Acevedo has sort of um, set a very high bar. And so I can, like Jessica said, I can definitely see why agents wouldn't necessarily say, this is what I'm looking for. But you can kind of read between the lines, you know, when agents are like, oh, wow, I would love the next Elizabeth Acevedo, you know? (laughs) Um, And yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would be another thing to plug into your Twitter advanced search. If you are really concerned about it, you could go to Twitter advanced search, put in the agent's handle, say tweets from them, put in some, you know, you could put Elizabeth's name in there. You could put free verse in there. You could put YA free verse in there and see if they say anything. But I think you might as well just send it if they're open to YA. Yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I would I would um I would add like novel inverse because mm-hmm. I've actually never really heard it like pitched as free verse so much as okay. I've seen it novel inverse. So, yeah. novel verse. Okay. I will change that in my query then. Awesome. Let us know how it goes, Tiffany. Thank you. Um okay, next up we have Emmanuel. Hi. Hi, Larissa. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank How you are you? With us uh, tonight. And that's my first at uh, a Zoom call with uh, with you guys. Welcome. As you were just mentioning that you read a lot of, you know, you have a lot of uh, query letters, you know, in your inbox. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is that I'm guessing that you are starting reading the query letter and then it's like, okay pile or not at all or maybe what is like the length like almost like the ideal length where you said oh it's too long you know I'm not going to spend you know I have so many to to read today so 
So if there's like an ideal that is length. Such a good question. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> In terms of ideal length, um, I would say between like the three to five paragraph, maybe six paragraphs if they're short. But more importantly, I would say, please, authors, please don't put your queries in like size 10 times New Roman. <laughs> times New Roman is just really rough on the eyes. <laughs> and when I'm reading a lot of queries, I'm just like, please, not Times New Roman. Um, just Ariel is fine. You know, Verdana is fine. Tahoma is fine. But the the time, the small Times New Roman can really sort of strain the eyes. And, and the, the line spacing tends to be a little tighter as well. So it gets a little harder to read. But in general, I would err on the side of shorter paragraphs if possible. And yeah, somewhere between like three, four, five paragraphs. Four, five paragraphs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Teresa. Hi. Um, I had a question about, so you mentioned that the industry is slow and and I have no insight. It's all very new to me. Mm -hmm. What, What are some of the things that make it slow? Like some of the things that we don't have purview into? Sure. Well, I think one thing, let me let me think of it in terms of stages. Um, you know, when you're pitching agents, there are a bajillion authors out there, you know, um, and, and depending on, you know, who they are or who the agent is, um, we all get a ton of queries. And like I said, you know, we can't focus on reading every single query every single day. So that's one thing that makes it slow. Um, another thing is, Over the last few decades, I would say, um, within publishing, a lot of editors take on, whether they want to or not, um, a lot of editors, especially at big houses, they have so many more responsibilities than just editing. So they're not necessarily acquiring and editing all day either. They have meetings on meetings on meetings. And um, especially now in the age of Zoom, there's a million more meetings. Um, So that's another thing that makes it slow. But then you know, even in terms of, you know, you sell a book and to agree on the deal terms with the editor usually takes a couple weeks. And then at least at our agency, then our agency attorney and, and, um, and rights person, she then goes over the whole contract for another few weeks with a fine tooth comb. Um, and there's a lot of back and forth with the editor you know how slow emails can get. So then, you know, people take a few days to respond. And before you know, it's been three months since the book sold and we still don't have a contract. And that's pretty normal, unfortunately. Um, And then from there, you know, you have to wait for the contract to route through all of the departments and make sure that all the approvals are met. It's it's just a really slow email-based process. (laughs) Uh, No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I ask one more quick question, if that's okay? Yeah. So... I had actually sent a query to a different to an, an agent, and they asked mm-hmm. for the whole manuscript. This was about uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I over you know it's holiday break. I decided to rework it. You can't stop messing with it, kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to finalize it one more time before I send it. Do, is there like a window after they do a full request where it's like, okay, you've taken way too long. Your your time's up. Oh no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I personally like tag all of the the full manuscripts that I get as like potential. And sometimes, you know, authors get back to me and sometimes they don't, they don't send their full and that's fine for whatever reason. Maybe my email went to their spam. I don't know. Um, but I wouldn't say that there's, you know, like this, 
this time crunch. Um, there's no pressure coming from us. You know, we just want to read more. And whenever you get around to sending that is great. Thank you so much. All of a sudden I was like, everyone's frantically checking their spam. What? That's awful. Um, but yes, it is true for me too. Like sometimes I'll request something and I just never see it. I usually assume at that point that they just got an agent already and don't know how to reply with that or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't care. I mean, I guess if it's like five years later, I'll be like, huh. But if you include (laughs) the query, you know, I'll probably still be interested. Just include the whole, you know, line of emails. So we remember what happened versus just like, hello, here is the manuscript. And we'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the thing I is agree. that, you know, they want like agents and I'm speaking for you guys, but you guys want like the best work possible. Right. And if it's going to be like an extra 10 hours, you need to like look for one of your plot lines or something, then just do it. Right. Like make it the best possible. I, w- I actually have had, you know, I've, I've requested full manuscripts and then the author, you know, sends me that one. And then like, three weeks later, it sends me another one. It is like, you know, I reworked it and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll just read the most recent one. Like that's, that's fine. I don't mind. Yeah. It's a little cleaner if you don't do that though. Some people get yeah. a little displeased if you do yeah. that. So yeah. Yeah. I, I would not want to keep on resending it. And I'm, I wasn't thinking like six years later, I was thinking like maybe two weeks from now. But, oh, yeah. totally oh, yeah. fine. That's not an issue at all. <laughs> totally fine. Thank you, Teresa. That's a really good question. I'm sure a lot of people are relating to that at the moment. Belinda, I'm asking you to unmute. Yeah, so I have a multicultural family at the center of my novel. And on occasion, there are phrases in Spanish Mm -hmm. or in one part, there's a whole short letter in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And how should I handle that? Should I assume the agent might not know Spanish and send translations or what? Um, I would say... With the letter, you might want to include it just for clarity's sake. But in terms of, you know, the actual book, more and more publishers are erring on the side of like, if you don't know it, tough, because so many people do know Spanish and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't need to have our languages in footnotes anymore. And I'm a big believer in that. And I'm a big believer in not italicizing languages and, you know, words in other languages. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I just to italicize them. You know, um, it's up to you, but I personally don't worry about it. You know, Spanish at this point is a very common language and there's Google Translate if people are confused. Yes. Thanks. Um, (laughs) That that really helps me a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hi. 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 I just wondered if out of all of the middle grade books you've read, if there are, are any in um, magical realism that you're particularly fond of that oh, are gosh, rather yeah. recent. Yeah. Uh, so actually Ghost Squad, I would say, is one of them. I mean, some people would call it like fantasy, I guess, but um, I would say it definitely has magical realism elements to it. So that I think is like the one that I'm thinking of most recently. Is that a bestseller? I was wondering if you um, had anything in mind that wasn't a really big seller, but was successful. Oh, for oh, your comps? I think it's yeah, fine as a I, comp. Wanna, I need to, I wouldn't just take yours and write it down. I'd research it. 
I'm just asking for ideas. Oh, I see. I mean, I would say, you know, when you're, when you're finding comps, I think you would want to find some that have some stronger threads than just, you know, having the elements of magical realism. But aside, you know, I wouldn't say it's like unreasonably best-selling. It's, it's well-known. It's a strong book. It's well-respected. People know of it. Um, I wouldn't say it's like, I'm comping to Harry Potter. I hate using Harry Potter as like the book that I fall back on all the time now. Yeah. But that, that, you know, it's not as though you're saying that or saying like, my book is The Hunger Games or something. So, mm-hmm. so like just going back, like picking away at the comps for everyone, because I'm sure a lot of people have this question. Like if you can't find comps, what's your thought on not, not putting them in? Like, would you prefer them? Or if you can't find them, should you not push it? I, I personally like them. And I think, you know, if you if you aren't super well read in that genre or you can't really find a comp in that genre, sometimes I know some agents don't like this, but sometimes it works to comp to like a TV show or a movie that, you know, most people have read or watched, something like that, where at that point, you know, you're just trying to get sort of like a common cultural reference across that we can then sort of prepare ourselves to to expect in the book. And we also have a class in the library, if you haven't seen it, that's all about comps. So I'm happy to help point you to that if you would like a link to that. But I think it's really useful. Oh, I'm sorry, Linda, you're... I want to urge everybody to listen to that class on comps that you recommended, the, the, the most popular one. That was very informative, and I thank you so much for it. Yes, it's the comp title code with um, Hannah Robinson. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Lori Ann Kern. I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on all of the pitching contests that happen on the Twitterverse. All of them? <laughs> There's so many. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, actually, that it's actually a pretty timely question because. I mean, I personally always participate if I can uh, in like Div Pit, and and I you know I try to do that. I also really liked, gosh, what was it? It was like the the horror one that happened in in October this oh, year. Pit Dark. Yes, yeah, I love Pit Dark. Um, those types of books are something that I'm really interested in. I would say that I am sort of vaguely aware of a pitch contest that actually happened like during the inauguration and and it didn't get great turnout. And so I would just caution authors, you know, if you can't really find the organizers for pitch contests or if you're noticing that, I, I just feel like that does a disservice to the author. You know, if you're pitching on Twitter and you're really hoping to get that editor agent feedback and, and that validation And then obviously, you know, the world is sort of like watching something else. They're not on Twitter. So I think that that was sort of like uh, a questionable move. And if you're an author, I would just encourage you to like do your research and see, you know, are agents and editors that you respect and want to work with, are they engaging with this? Have they mentioned anything about it? You know, is that on their radar? So yeah, that's just my little two cents. (laughs) I also think that's a that's a great example of the fact that a lack of a request does not mean a rejection because I had no idea that was happening. I was glued to the TV. So yeah, I mean, I went on Twitter to like see something about the inauguration and then I saw authors that I follow pitching and I was like, what is this? Like, why haven't I heard about this? 
So, yeah. And, and some of them, it's just so many great pitches, and but there are like tens of thousands of them and there's no way I'm going to see them all. Mm-hmm. So you can still query someone even if they've officially attended an event, but they don't necessarily request yours. Mm-hmm. Right. And guys, with the way the, al- the algorithms work on Twitter, sometimes it's like the more kind of hits they get, the more they move up. And that right. means the more kind of you hit more hits on top of more hits on top of more hits just because it, it gets weighted. So if you don't like hit it at the right time when the people are there, it might not hit, even though yours is as good or better, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not a great, I mean, it's, it's a tool, but it's, it's not a perfect tool. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you but saying I social media is not perfect? What? <laughs> I love Twitter, you know, but, but it does have algorithms where some it's, it's kind of like Vegas where it's like, ding, 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 you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm sure there's something in there about how quickly people like it, that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Mona. Yeah, um, I'm working on books at the same time that are totally different. How on earth would I find an agent or something, to, a company that would be interested in four totally different types of books? I actually don't think that it's that rare to, to be able to find an agent who's interested. Do you have to do your research? Of course. But with that said, there are a lot of agents like me who have an interest in a wide range of genres. And something that I would encourage you to do is see if um, that agent in particular is open to representing sort of genres across the gamut, because um, there are some agents that exclusively do children's and YA, and they actually ask you to go get, you know, an adult agent. And I and my agency personally don't handle things that way. We are really encouraging of authors to write sort of whatever they want, whenever they want. And so I would say, you know, you would want to find other agencies like that as well. If not the agency, then definitely the agent. Well, that that sounds like a very good news. Thank you so much. Podman, are you ready? Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Welcome. Hi. Um, so I just had a quick question on cold querying. I want to know if cold querying works because I've heard it's better to have actually met the agents in conferences, but then how does that work during a pandemic? And, you know, what would you suggest would be the best option during this time? I would say, I'm trying to think of all my authors, all of my authors, I think. Uh, I began working with them when they cold queried me. I I mean, because of agent, because of um, COVID, I have not been at conferences, you know, and, and I wouldn't, you know, limit yourself to that at all. I would say, obviously, you know, follow agency guidelines for submitting, follow the agent's guidelines for submitting, but I wouldn't say that one is better than the other necessarily. Great. Thank you. I think that answers. Mm -hmm. Talia. Hey. 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 Oh, I love the artwork (laughs) behind you. Cool. Oh, thank you. I love her too. Ross. $24.99. $24.99. I tell everybody. <laughs> you can have it too. You're a brown girl in your house. So I just had a question. Um, I've seen two different kinds of pitches and they were confusing me. There's a okay. short, definitely tweet pitch, which I get is short and sweet. And then there's sort of like a pitch in the query. High patience. So I felt like... Um, I wondered if it was just simple and direct to take the succinct pitch and use that as part of the query letter, because to me, that seems like if you're reading a bajillion things, 
you want to get hit with it. If you got hit with it in Twitter, then it can translate into the beginning of this query. But then when I hear people talk about it, it's like, I read a lot, but I want a really long pitch. Okay. And I'm really confused. Yeah, that is confusing. I would say, you know, whenever there's like pitch contests or anything, I usually ask um, if I like somebody's pitch, I'll usually ask them to copy and paste that pitch into the letter and then just include the letter that they were going to have. So right at the top, it has their tweet, you know, with the hashtags, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then it has like their normal pitch letter. And so that, that just refreshes my memory. I remember what I liked because during pitch contests, I'm liking a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> so it helps to, to see that. And then, yeah, I would just say, you know, when you're regularly pitching um, and it's not a pitch contest, I would say, you know, stick to that like four to five paragraph, short paragraphs rule where I usually like to see in the in the first paragraph genre, word count, and then maybe, you know, a couple of the comps or if you include the comps at the end, but just sort of like a, a short and sweet, you know, my book is in a 60,000 word middle grade with the spirit of something and the writing of something. And I'm like, oh, I like both those books. Great. And then I keep reading, you know? So that's that's sort of the, I don't know if that was confusing. I don't want to be confused. Well, it sounds, to me, it sounds like you were saying just put both. You know, because yeah. the tweet is so small, it, it, it's negligible in the amount of space it's going to take in the query letter. So yeah. make an official query letter and then add the little itty bitty tweet. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey. Tiffany. So I was wondering kind of how the average agent works as far as um, whether they'll stick with an author after not being able to sell their first book. Will you usually want to get more books from them or are they going to go back and have to find another agent because they couldn't get it done with that book? That's a, you know, I get that question a lot. I'm going to answer for myself because I can't answer for other agents. I personally think that's really unfair (laughs) because when you're selling a book, it's contingent on so many different things. And depending on, you know, what's sort of trending in publishing, what editors are able to acquire in the imprints that they're currently at. And then they move around three months later, you know. Ultimately, I think for me, I always tell my authors, you know, I I am working with you and I take on your books because I believe in you and because I believe in the book. So if it's not the right time now, there will be a right time. And just because, you know, we put something away and we maybe stop querying with it, I don't know, months, years down the line, whenever the author wants to do that, doesn't mean that we're not going to work together on other books. Whatever the author has cooking, there will be a right time for it. Um, so I think it's really, really unfair to to drop authors just because their books don't sell the first go around. Yeah, I think that's something you should feel free to ask the agent uh, when you're having like the initial conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. And they will probably reassure you that, you know, they will try their best to sell the book, of course, but they're interested in you as a person versus this one book. Yeah. Great. Um, I can't imagine an agent saying, well, you get one try and that's it. (laughs) Pick me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last question of the night. I'm writing a short story collection. Actually, I finished writing it and I'm just about to begin pitching. 
I was wondering how to query a short story collection and what are agents looking for in a collection? That's a good, that's a really good question. I would say it's very similar to how you would pitch a novel. The only difference, I think, is that instead of, you know, pitching a novel's plot, you're sort of pitching what ties the stories together. So you're maybe saying, in this story, so-and-so does this. In this story, they learned this. And you can kind of see the threads that bind them together. And, you know, usually in that last sentence, you're saying it's, you know, it sort of comments on this culture of whatever or or something that, you know, you're sort of maybe pointing out the obvious threads there, but just to make sure it's clear. But in general, it's usually like two to three sentences about each short story and making sure those ties together are clear. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yay. And it can be done. Um, my boss just sold one recently. So, and it's really Yay. beautiful. And the lines in between each story were very, very clear. And I think that's part of why she liked it so much. Mm-hmm. This has been such a pleasure, you guys. Great questions, Larissa. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm sure everyone's here. I'm so thrilled. I wish that I could you. get through all the questions. I want to answer everyone's yeah. questions. <laughs> Well, maybe you'll just have to come back. It's true. I'm more than willing. (laughs) Um, And we're seeing a lot of nice things in the chat about you too, and that you're such a great speaker and we agree. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What am I forgetting, Julie? I'm always forgetting something. (laughs) Um, Larissa, where can we find you online? So you can find me at LMPNK on Twitter. And that's honestly like where I mostly am, unless you want to to pitch me via the info at jillgrinberglitterary.com, my name in the subject line. But yeah, mostly on Twitter. And I'm not really on there very much either, but for <laughs> agenting stuff, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sandra says, please come back, Larissa. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would love to. <laughs> Larissa, everyone, thank you so much. This was wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye, everyone. It was really nice. Bye. Bye. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.